Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. It's going to be a verse-by-verse series edition of the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Dr. R.B. Maynard, and like I said, we've been getting back into a much steadier groove of uh, all these missionary interviews we've been having. I encourage you guys to check those out. I think we're up to six in that ballpark. I, I forget because I've been logging tons of, I have ones that are still, that I've already done that are going to be published in the upcoming week. So I do strongly encourage you to check out those Real Life Stories Missions edition of the Grace One Daily Podcast, as well as Verse by Verse with Dr. R.B. Maynard. Welcome back, Dr. R.B. Maynard. Yeah, it's good to be here. We're live today, man. Thank yeah, you and we're on today. Facebook Live as well. So wow. hopefully, uh, you know, said individuals uh, will be dialing in and mm-hmm. you can check it out. Uh, go to Grace Point Assembly God page and We'll get back in the groove of doing the audio and video and all that kind of good stuff. So, Dr. R.B., have you checked out the missions edition of the Grace Point or Real Life Stories? One or two of them. Okay. I, I usually do it when I'm at work, but then if I'm not like working in like one room in the house, then you turn yeah. it on. You go in the other room, you miss part of it, come back, and then it's like, I don't know what they're talking about. So, <laughs> so I need to get to a point where I'm... Yeah, in one place where mm-hmm. I can turn it on and listen yeah. to it, the whole thing. So they are really good. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not just saying that, but it's always powerful to hear uh, encouraging God's journey and story, and they're all different. And we just know that God's working in our lives. We just know that. You know, yeah. it gives you confidence. It's beautiful to listen to the story, but it should individually give us all confidence that God's weaving himself mm-hmm. and his hand in our life and our story. We see it. We don't see it. There's faith. There's, there's waiting. There's all these dynamics of our spiritual journey. Right. And it's encouraging when someone else gives us their story. Well, I went through when, uh, when uh, I was a kid, I loved missionaries cause you know, they always brought like the snake skin and the, you know, uh. <laughs> things from the country where they came from the yeah. bugs and the different things like that. But then after I got a little older, it seemed like it, it kind of took a turn where they weren't bringing that stuff. And then it was like slideshows, you know. But then it was more, okay, here's a picture of a family in our church in India, you know. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, I understand that's mm-hmm. special to them, but it's kind of like watching other people's vacation pictures, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and so, but then it kind of made a turnaround where it seems like that, um, Honestly, and this is terrible, so I'm confessing to my uh, <laughs> bad thinking, but I used to think missionaries were like um, they couldn't get another job in the church, so they oh, okay. became missionaries. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I thought they were more of the, like they weren't good preachers or speakers, or so they just went to another country and dealt with maybe people who weren't as smart as they I mean, you know, I mean, that was bad thinking, but yeah. that's what I thought. You're, you're very ignorant in that I area. I was, <laughs> I was. And, uh, and then, but then it came back around where, you know, I'd hear these missionaries say, uh, yeah, I was, and I'm exaggerating, but, you know, I was a nuclear physicist, and then I just, God called me to be a, be a missionary. And, you know, I mean, there were these, these great people who in a, what you call secular world, mm-hmm. could have yeah. been, wealthy and and well known and all of that but god called them to the mission field and they said yes to that and took less money and less prestige and yeah everything else just to to honor god you know yep. so so i love i mean you know i've i've kind of gone through all those cycles of life but i love the missionaries and and uh, the sacrifice honestly yeah. that most of them are making it is a tremendous step of faith if jesus is real and his word is true, mm-hmm. 
then they ha- they are going to be blessed beyond blessed right. someday. Right. Well, and I've <laughs> because always of that said, step of faith, which for, we we believe Jesus right, is true. The way. Right. Well, the the um, I think the sacrifice we th- what we think sometimes is a great sacrifice, maybe sometimes isn't the sacrifice for them, because I think God can give you joy in what you're doing. So mm-hmm. you know, we look at it like, oh man, they're you know they're sweating. It's 120 degrees where they are, and and I'm not saying those things are pleasant, but when you're doing what God's called you to do, God doesn't call you and then make your life miserable. Mm-hmm. You know, he blesses that, and you can be blessed. You know, people say, oh, I wouldn't want to be a pastor. That must be horrible to be a pastor. But people who are called to that have a love for what they're called to, you know. so, And I'm, I don't take away from the sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. But I think God's blessing sometimes outweighs the sacrifice and to them, it's not as big of a deal because mm-hmm. they're doing what God <laughs> called them to do. You yeah, know? So. yeah, exactly. So verse by verse is where we dive into the word. Those are talking about the uh, missionaries that we've yes. had on in the Grace Point Daily podcast. And uh, But this is verse by verse where we get into the Bible, the word of God. I did one other quick side note. I, I thought this would be a good way to, this wouldn't be making church people mad. It could be make pastors mad because mm-hmm. you've been in, in this church, Grace Point, for a long time. I'm a big on the sports side of thing. I'm a mm-hmm. sports fan, and I like when people do the power rankings list. Mm-hmm. So it's like unofficial list. So ESPN will have one, Fox will have mm-hmm. one. Like what's the current NBA power rankings? And it's basically just for people to debate right so right, right. although maybe the lakers don't have the best record right now but they're on a five game win, they're the they're in our mm-hmm. number one power rankings right you could do one of all the old power uh the pastors of grace mm-hmm. point the all-time grace point power rankings because mm-hmm. yeah. i was just curious where i'd, I'd fall on that in yeah, your well, opinion about that. would i be one you know, five yeah well you know four, you got brother perkins seven. in there so that's <laughs> that's a tough one yeah you know because he's still around and right. still preaching. So, right. That's what I'm saying. We know. could have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll try to come up with that next right. time. And, you know, I now just don't get your feelings hurt. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, well, he was only here four years, you know. Yeah. I've yeah. been here almost three. I know. You're so up. I'm getting close to competition. Yeah, yeah, you with might them. move up a step. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kings. Comparison of kings. That's what we're comparing. Yes. Yeah. yes. There we go. Because <laughs> you said pastors are like kings, kind of. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. that's what would be comparing. Yep. But now, yep. a brand new book. Yep. Second Kings. Second Kings 1. 1. 1. After Ahab's death, Moab rebelled against Israel. Uh Moab had been subject to Israel since the time of of David. So, in other words, Ahab's gone now. So they were there was a fear of Ahab. So now Moab decides to test the waters, if you would. You know, uh, Ahaziah is the king, so uh, he's the new guy. Maybe I can. I couldn't. I couldn't overcome Ahab, but maybe I can overcome uh, Ahaziah. And there was a statement, and I. I you can't have to kind of think about this a second, but it says the wicked are punished by the wicked, who are ulti- who are ultimately punished themselves. These are wicked people going after wicked people, and it doesn't mean you know the the second wicked person gets rewarded because oh well you know he took care of this other guy or whatever he becomes wicked, and then it, it just it's a uh, cycle of things that the wicked are punished. The wicked people they punished are punished. I mean, and that's what we see with these uh, with these kings. None of them get away with it, even though they 
did something to, oh, they did this, but they still worshiped idols or they still did something else and they were worse than the last king. So verse two says, now Ahaziah had fallen through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria and injured himself. So he sent messengers saying to them, go and consult Beelzebub, the God of Ekron to see if I will recover from this injury. So right off the bat, it tells you about Ahaziah and what kind of man he is. And, and if you look at Beelzebub, of course, we, most people, if you say Beelzebub, they're going to talk about the devil in the new Testament. That's kind of really where we hear more Mm -hmm. about that. But that was the Beelzebub is the, uh, the master fly and Ekron, the, the town that's mentioned, the God of Ekron, Ekron was called the tower of flies. In other words, there's a fly worship. Now, I know that's, it, it's just crazy, the things that they would make a god out of. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it before, how in the time of Moses with all of the plagues, that each one of those plagues was significant against one of the gods of Egypt. So when the, when the flies came, there was a god of the flies. When the blood came, the blood in the river, there was a god of the Nile. I mean, everything that they did, hmm. uh, God was saying, basically, I'm going to show you that I'm more powerful than your God mm-hmm. that you had. So, so he was destroying each one of them. So, you know, they don't, I mean, I don't know if it was a, says he fell through the lattice of the roof. I mean, was it some kind of a skylight thing? I, I don't know what, he probably had a house that was built by Rick Maynard Construction mm-hmm. and he was walking your on the forefathers roof. yeah don't <laughs> I, I would say to you don't go walking around on your roof just in case i don't, I don't know but uh whether it was a spiral staircase or whatever and the the sad thing about this when you begin to look at some of these things beelzebub's the lord of the flies the god of the flies whatever you want to call it and then when jesus in the new testament begins to do miracles they start saying oh he must be doing that in the name of beelzebub you know, I mean, to give credit for, and and the thing is, that God of Beelzebub had never done a miracle. I mean, we know these false gods don't do miracles. Mm-hmm. But Jesus was doing miracles and doing good things, yeah. but yet attributing good things that he was doing to the devil. I mean, to me, that's, somebody defined, uh, um, not heresy, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the unforgivable sin, blasphemy. Blasphemy. Mm-hmm. They can they consider blasphemy giving credit to the devil for what was good. Now, I don't know that that's a proper definition, but in a sense, it is. I mean, that's what they were doing. To me, that's blasphemy. I mean, they kept con- they kept accusing Jesus of blasphemy, you know, by saying he was the son of God and things like that. But then they wanted to call him some kind of son of the devil. And attribute those things to what the devil was doing. So, yeah. so, and I, one of the things with with idols, and we're going to read a different scripture here, but we don't we don't understand. I have never had. Now, people say, "Oh, you can have an idol of money. You can have an idol of television." And I've heard the simple explanation: Well, an idol is anything mm-hmm. that takes the place of God or becomes more important so people would say well if you stay home and watch i remember you would never cancel church for the super bowl 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that would just. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're staying home and watching the Super Bowl instead of having church, well, then the Super Bowl is your God. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, or your idol, whatever yeah, you want. Right, yep. I don't believe that. I mean, I understand there's some things more important than others, and but we're talking about idol worship that was demonic, that was, you know, this was a big deal. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't just somebody having a, you know, a Buddha statue, and walking by there and saying, "Oh, Buddha, help me today," or, uh, you know, it wasn't that mild. Um, and yeah, our blatant, question, explicit yeah. worship. Right. Um, I mean, ours were. Uh, um, I mean, we say, well, isn't it just, what's the deal? What's the big deal with idol worship? Isn't it just a little statue? Isn't it just the fly or something? You know, what's the what's the issue? Why is it that big a deal? What's well, a big deal? Because we don't understand true idol mm-hmm. worship. And, and let me read 1 Corinthians 10, 19 and 20 says, what do I mean? In other words, he's talking about spirits and, and idols. He said that a thing sacrificed to idols is anything that were, or that an idol is anything. So that's kind of rhetorical. Uh, I'm not, you know, the, they're nothing. The the piece of wood, the piece of stone, you're right. That's That really is nothing. But it says, no, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to become sharers in demons. So he's attributing idol worship to demon worship. Mm -hmm. Now, when you start playing with, you know, with the occult and and those kind of things, it's more than just having that little statue, that little piece of wood there. And I know, well, Ouija boards were one of the, Mm -hmm. I mean, I played with a Ouija board when I was a teenager. Honestly, I I mean, I'm not... (laughs) Get it straight here. I'm not saying go play with a Ouija board because it's mm-hmm. harmless. I never felt or or had that Ouija board say something that was, you know, um, oh wow, that was a that was a demon speaking or that was a spirit speaking. It was a stupid, harmless game at the time. But I'm just saying that was a point that I could have had. I had a real interest in it. I could have. It could have been a Ouija board, something simple, mm-hmm. and then. Went yeah, on to deeper. something else and something else, and now the the uh, part of the issue now with with the media that we have, I mean these kids can watch stuff that's just, I mean it is demonic. Mm-hmm. I mean when you're watching people getting their brains splattered on a video game and yeah. things like that, and then we expect <laughs> our kids to just be nice and courteous and respectful and and never want to shoot somebody or whatever. Um, I think we're you're you're treading on dangerous ground yeah. with a lot of those things because it becomes, I mean, what he says, I do not want you to become sharers in demons to affiliate yourself. And so it is, those are strong words about idol worship mm-hmm. that quit looking at it like it's, and again, we don't, we don't really get it because at least in the United States, we're not really idol worshipers per se. Mm-hmm. Again, we worship money, we worship this, we worship fame. Yeah, that is true, but that's still not the idol that they're talking about here where you're yeah. using that. Something like a, a, a 
comparison could be something like India, which I've never been to, but there right. are tons of physical objects, mm-hmm. idols, you know, worshipped, prayed right. to, right. touched, right. given sacrifices to, you know, all mm-hmm. those kind of things. Well, I heard, I think it was, it was probably Brother Graham because he was, you know, in missions and traveled a lot with, I mean, he was actually a missionary, but um, I heard him say one time that that's, this guy had gotten saved in his uh, one of his crusades or whatever, and that he went to his house, and the guy, he was showing him through the house and stuff, but he had this room that was locked. And uh, so he asked him what that was, and he said, that's where all my idols, and he said, when I got saved, I just locked the door. Like, you know, now should he have gone in there? Pro- and probably he did at some point, but this was soon after he was saved. He recognized that God was the true God, and he locked the doors and didn't go back into that room where where all those idols were. Mm. So you have to recognize, I mean, you can't just say, well, I'm going to get rid of the idols. You need something to replace that. You need the true mm-hmm. God to, to replace yep. it. But uh, but anyway, don't become sharers in demons. But the angel, verse 3, the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Go up and meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you're going off to consult Beelzebub, the God of, in Ekron? This angel of the Lord is always Jesus. In the, in the Old Testament, anytime it says angel of the Lord, that means Jesus showed up, basically. We think, well, Jesus wasn't born until, but he always was. Mm-hmm. You know, we understand that. But um, So the angel of the Lord, and, and these are rhetorical questions. In other words, is there no God in Israel that you need to consult Beelzebub? I mean, why would you, why would people with the God that we have, the creator of the universe, but they find a fly and, mm-hmm. and make a God out of it? I mean, it, yeah. it, it really, it almost feels like sometimes they became possessed and then created the God because it's so far-fetched to have all these, the God of nature, the God of the wind, the God of, you know, I mean, everything had a God of some kind mm-hmm. instead of one God that would rule all of that. You had to have a God for, I can't imagine. I mean, you were talking about prayer last night and the difficulty sometimes of, of making time or of spending time in prayer. How would you like to have a hundred different gods? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like every time you thought, Oh God of the wind, Please calm this wind down today. Mm-hmm. Oh, God of the rain, please let it not flood. Oh, God of, I mean, I can't imagine, uh, you yeah. know, the difficulty in praying to figuring out which God, you know, it's one on the shelf and, you know, like, oh, I, I prayed to the wind God about the rain. I missed which God I was supposed to be right, yeah. <laughs> worshiping today. So anyway, it's just, I mean, it, it really all does sound crazy, but to the person that's doing it, it's it's legit. Verse four. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. So, you will not continue, or you will not leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. So Elijah went. King James says, "Thou shalt not come down from the bed on which thou art gone up to." And and the final sin of and isn't this? You know, you think about. Uh, well, we call it deathbed conversions and there are people who do not believe in deathbed conversions they think uh if you're not uh 
if you're not baptized in water, it doesn't matter about conversion. You can't go to heaven, mm-hmm. you know. So there are people who, who uh, have these deathbed conversions. But this is a guy on the deathbed calling for the God of the flies to, you know, to answer questions. I mean, and the, the ridiculousness of that, of, of Elijah, is there no God in Israel that you have to consult this? So his final sin basically is, is idol worship or consulting uh, an idol. And, you know, we don't know what the outcome would have been had they done something different. But, you know, the words are, you will not recover. Um, would those words have been different if he were a uh, God-fearing man, uh, a Christian man, and if he had asked that same question, he fell through the lattice, he's injured, and he asked the question, will I recover from this? Hey, I, who knows? If he'd have been a God-fearing man, a good man, maybe those words would have been, you will recover. Mm-hmm. You will you know, and and you have to be careful here because I I don't believe, and I know you don't believe either, but I don't believe that people, whether they die or live, is based on the sin in their life. You know, again, almost every podcast we talk about <laughs> Kelly Stevens. Yeah. You know, well he he must have he must have had sin. You know, well yeah he had sin, and we have all we all have it. But you know, to to make those accusations sometimes that. It's based on um, how sinful or how spiritual you are, whether you're going to live or die. Could be. Yeah. I mean, it was in this case. I mean, I mean that red jeep was kind of a little bit of an idol. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm sure the Lord overlooked it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you have those things, you're like, <laughs> now, Lord, I could use that to pick up uh, children and bring them to church. Or if you give me that yeah. swimming pool, right. Which he didn't use, do. He used the Dodge instead of the Jeep. Yeah, so, I know, I know. <laughs> well, he didn't want him, He didn't want them rotten little kids messing right. with the Jeep. I mean, that's only logical. But right. Um, but it says, verse five says, when the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, "Why have you come back?" In other words, why so soon? You haven't had time to go do what I said. And their response was, "A man came to meet us." They said, and he said to us, "Go back to the king who sent you and tell him." This is what the Lord says. It is, is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending men to consult Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore, you will not leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. And at least these guys came back and, you know, they didn't beat around the bush. They didn't, well, you know, I hate to tell him really what the guy said. Kind of like the doctor's report. You know, people will say, um, you know, somebody wants to know about their cancer diagnosis. You know, is this is this going to kill me? Oh no, we'll be able to uh, you know do radiation and chemo and and all the time they're telling you that they know that this is fatal. You know, they tell you what you want to hear. At least these guys came back and reported exactly mm-hmm. what uh, what had been told them. Verse seven: The king asked them, "What kind of man was it that came to meet you and told you this?" In other words, describe him. Uh, to me, these were probably some younger guys who didn't know who Elijah was. I mean, obviously, they didn't come back and say, Elijah told us this. But verse 8, they replied, He was a man with a garment of hair and with a leather belt around his waist. The king said, That was Elijah the Tishbite. So he knows who he is. 
the King James said, just says he was a hairy man, whether it was his own hair or whether he was uh, wearing uh, camel hair, goat hair, whatever. And I thought, you know, you don't think about the Old Testament uh, scripture that talks about what this guy looked like. Uh, Matthew 3, 4, John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. That's who we really think about. If you, if somebody said, who is the guy in the Bible who wore camel's hair and a leather belt? I bet 90% of the people <laughs> right. who know anything about the Bible would say yeah. John, the, John Baptist. the Baptist. You know, but uh, Elijah was... Um, and and then the Pharisees, after when they saw John, what did they say? Are you Elijah? So, uh, you know, there was something about the prophet and the way they looked or whatever. Uh, and they still are looking for Elijah. I mean, the Jewish, you know, we've had the Passover meal mm-hmm. here. And one of the rituals is to go open the door <laughs> and look and see if Elijah's coming because he's supposed to announce, yeah, you know, the arrival of Jesus. So, you should do that for your Sunday school class. Come in with camel hair and uh huh. I should. I just should. not even say anything. I'm like, what's the problem here? Come yeah, on. I'll just leave perfectly my, natural. I'll just leave my shirt off and come in. You know, I got a hairy chest, so <laughs> right. that, it says he was a hairy. Listen, man. I know J Lo wore this last week on Instagram, but I thought it looked <laughs> yeah, fine on me as well. Yeah, really, really. I, that might be the last Sunday school class <laughs> that I ever taught. So uh, we could do it right here if it. No, never mind. We're not going to do It'd that. It'd be more like, I think Rick has dementia. <laughs> <laughs> you need to talk to him. He's, he's really gone off the deep end this time. You know, one thing about it, I act crazy enough and do crazy enough things now that nobody's ever going to know the difference when, yeah. I, you know, when I lose my mind. So, <laughs> Verse 9. Then he sent to Elijah a captain with his army of 50 men. The captain went up to Elijah, who was sitting on the top of a hill, and said to him, Man of God, the king says, come down. Uh, no, there's no honor there. There's no, uh, you know, they're there really to capture Elijah. And, and I just love, you know, we don't hear these stories today where, um, I mean, we hear about somebody that got martyred and, you know, he got killed for the cause of Christ and stuff. We don't hear these stories today. I, I don't know why God, and maybe he does, maybe we don't hear about it, but, um, but this is, he's probably at Mount Carmel and, and really the wording here, they are ordering him as, you know, soldiers or, or messengers of the king. It's like, you come down right now and go with us. That was more of the, the idea here. Mm-hmm. Elijah answered the captain, if I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then fire from heaven, uh, then fire fell from heaven and consumed the captain and his men so their disrespect and and this is i love the the confidence and you know people say sometimes you shouldn't brag about who you are but i think you can brag about who you are in christ you know i am a child of the king i am uh, i'm a son you know of the most high though I mean, there are things like that that we can say with confidence. Mm-hmm. But I love that. I mean, not many of us would say, well, if I'm not a son of God, may fire fall from heaven and kill me. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I still would be like, well, I think I'm a son of God, but I don't know if I want to, you know. But I love the confidence because he says, if I am a man of God, may fire fall from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. I mean, he's 
he's pretty confident. And if that, and again, that's the true prophet. If this happens, I'm a true prophet. I am the man of God. Uh, you say you are, and and that you know, making fun of Jesus. What did they say? If you're if you're the son of God, come down from that cross. You know, it's kind of the same thing. It's a scoffing thing, not like, hey, uh, man of God, would you mind coming with us or or whatever. It's more of a making fun of Elijah, basically. Um, and and the words from Elijah are not selfishness. They're not like, wait a minute, do you guys know who I am mm-hmm. to be talking to me like that? I mean, Elijah is is a humble, I mean, he speaks the truth, but in humility, he's more, um, I mean, this fire from heaven is, God will send fire from heaven. I'm not, I'm not the guy. I'm not, I don't have the power to call fire from heaven. If I'm a man of God, may fire fall. May I come into an agreement, basically, with what God wants to do here. Uh, You know, I think it's, we talked about it before. Sometimes with, I think with the, the prophets who called for some things, I don't always believe that God just said, um, when, when this scenario happened, I don't believe that, that God just said to Elijah, okay, Elijah, say this. Okay, Elijah, I want you to call fire from heaven right now. I think when, when those prophets, some of these prophets were so in tune with God that I, I'm not going to say they could do whatever they wanted, but I think when, when you were that in tune, it, you were, again, you were talking last night about praying the will of God, looking for will. Mm-hmm. You know, praying for the will of God, if you're so in tune, like some of those guys were, you don't have to beg God all the time. Oh, God, send me where I need. Oh, God, you know, show me what to wear today. Oh, God, show me this. Oh, I want to be in your will. I think you can walk the steps of a righteous man ordered by the Lord. Doesn't mean he has to pray about every step. Mm -hmm. They're just ordered, and you can go about your day knowing that God is, is directing you in that. And with the prophetic sometimes, I think he could just say, send fire from heaven because he knew what God wanted to do, when he yeah. wanted to do, by being so in tune. Yep. Could be kind of like, I, I know my dad so well, this is what he would right. do. Right. Rather than, I'm, I'm not asking my dad, I just am mm-hmm. functioning as he would anyway because right. I'm I'm that, I knew him that well or I, I know him that well or I'm connected with him right. in right. such a way that... And almost to ask him would almost be weird. Right. It's more right. natural to just function as I know he would. Mm-hmm. I, don't you think God sometimes is like, well, don't you think that's what I'd want to do? I mean, <laughs> right. when you ask him things, he's like, really? Mm-hmm. Why, are you a- why are you asking me that? You yeah. know what to do. You don't need to ask me about that. It's kind of like the old, the old thing about uh, I'm going to pray. Uh, should I pray for souls to be saved? We don't have to pray about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's God yeah. would say... I mean, I hate to say it, but God would say, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you really think I wouldn't want you to? So anyway, we'll finish this up. But but he wasn't defending himself. He was defending God's name. This wasn't about uh, Elijah, you know, being offended that they didn't show him the proper respect. It, again, if you relate it to, to the, the pastor of the church, it's not about... Um, you being offended sometimes, and and yes, you can be offended because things could be directed at you. Mm-hmm. But when people are are 
complaining about what you preached. You know, in other words, you read this. It's like it's there. You read the scripture. And then somebody's like, well, I just don't, I don't agree with that. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. And you'd be like, well, now that doesn't offend me, but that offends God because I read, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wasn't giving you my opinion, so I'm not going to be offended. I'm offended because you've offended God by saying that Mm -hmm. his word isn't real. And I, I know people would, well, yeah, but that's just your interpretation of the scriptures Mm -hmm. and, you know, but. (laughs) But it, it does name some sins, but um, uh, he's. I just have a statement. You can't act irresponsibly and expect God to protect these guys that came to him. Can't just you can't just do what you want to do and think that God's going to take care of you. Um, and and he had chosen. I, I mean, Elijah had chosen not to go to Samaria. I mean, these guys are meeting him basically on the road or on the hill or. They found him there. He's chosen not to go there because he knows it's a dangerous place. So he can speak God's word and what God would want to do, but it's like, I can't go there. You know, there's times when they told Jesus, don't go there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a time and a place, and and you would think Jesus was, oh, no, God will protect me. But even, even in his humanity or whatever, he listened to good sound advice about you know where to go and what to do and these are just i know we could say well these are just soldiers that are or messengers whatever they are but that that were just doing what they were told to do but they're doing it with a lack of respect and honor and i mean they're just getting struck down (laughs) i Mm -hmm. mean fire probably lightning is what it is usually fire from heaven is usually lightning i mean can you imagine 50 guys got killed by a bolt of lightning (laughs) or whatever i mean wouldn't you I hope that when we go to heaven, there's a big video screen, and we can watch yeah. all these events <clears throat> right. yep. know, play out. I mean, wouldn't that be an awesome, yeah. it'd be like a superhero. Mm-hmm. You know, they come and Thor. whatever, they strike the ground, <laughs> and everybody in 100 yards of there drops over dead, mm-hmm. you know. I right. mean, it'd be an awesome picture to see. So, anyway, we'll finish up there for today, so... All right, ladies and gentlemen, Grace Point Daily Podcast, first by verse edition with Dr. R.B. Maynard. Let's get into it. Second Kings, we're diving in so you can, uh, you know, start start your study, start your journey. And then as we roll through it together, we'll be all on the same page, like one big happy family. So yep. we'll talk to you guys next time.